Today we're going to talk about the Anunnaki alien gods. I am so excited to be here. Hope everyone is having a beautiful, beautiful day. Let's get our connection up and going here. Get a strong connection. That's what we need to each other and the interwebs to do this podcast. What's up, everybody? Hope you're having an awesome day. My name is Cub Cooker. Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My real name is Jacob, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Today we're going to be talking about the Anunnaki alien gods. We are connected now. This is a live raw podcast. I'm one of the few people that does like a legit live podcast and answers questions live every single day. If you guys like what you see, be sure and give me a like, comment, and follow and subscribe on your favorite audio platform, including the YouTubes and the Facebooks. Um, I'm also over on TikTok for the short videos and the live streams, so if you want to catch me live, uh, I'm live on TikTok and Facebook. Daniel Smith, what is up? How's it going? Truth That Travels, thanks for being here. Paulette, thanks for joining. Um, Fast Zero, thanks for being here. So I'm going to talk about the Anunnaki alien gods today. Uh, the reason is, is this is really the territory I think we need to get into um, to start understanding kind of the bigger narrative of what's going on with humanity, uh, what's been going on since the dawn of time, uh, where a lot of our traditions, including our matrix of uh, illusion, comes from. Um, and of course you guys know, I've gotten heavy, heavy, deep into Gnosticism before we've read gospel of Thomas excerpts. Um, we've done gospel of Mary Magdalene. Uh, now I'm going to be getting into some stuff. I'm continuing to read Enoch. We'll keep going through Enoch. Enoch is so big and so deep. It's just going to take forever to go through, but I will continue to plug away through Enoch. Today, I'm going to get into the Anunnaki, what that means, who they are. You may have heard like little snippets of this around the interwebs, uh, and I think it's really easy to over-sensationalize this, um, and I want to get down to like the brass tacks of what is the tradition, who are the Anunnaki, are they us, are they another um, species of you know, ascended man, uh, we don't know, but there's definitely... Uh, a lot of context clues that we can look at throughout history. So <clears throat> bear with me. I'm trying to lose my voice. I've been filming videos for our new course called Charisma Light Warrior Training. Um, I'll talk more about that later. But um, I did several hours of videos today. And my voice is starting to get a <clears throat> get a little grumble in it. So the Anunnaki, uh, it comes from the Sumerian uh, language, specifically Sumerian tablets, uh, called the cuneiform tablets, which are basically clay that they would smash a wood carved, um, impression into, or, um, a, a Rolodex type thing where they would roll it. And I don't know the official terminology for all of this, but they would like roll, uh, this clay and then they would bake it in an oven. And it basically was like baking in that information, um, and so we found a lot of these tablets, um, and Sumerian language is very, very interesting. And from my studying on it, um, not really anybody speaks it. Um, it's super different from other languages that we have. So it's not like we can just take the same approach. Um, and kind of how Egyptian has hieroglyph hieroglyphs and there's a lot of different, um, 
like imagery within that and you can kind of depict what's going on like Sumerian cuneiform is like these just kind of smashed in symbols um, and some of them repeat and it's from what I can tell it's not even really like an alphabet and I'm sure there's experts out there that that understand this a whole lot better than I do but um, for all intents and purposes it, they're very hard to read is what I'm trying to say um, and in fact I'm looking for a copy that I can buy and download and that I can share excerpts from because I can do that with uh, the Creative Commons um, and be able to specifically commentate on different texts like that and uh, being these were written tens of thousands of years ago uh, or at least thousands of years ago um, then I can definitely share them but I'm looking for a good copy um, and you guys know I never get through anything on one video, so there's lots of commentary that I can add to it. Um, but I haven't been able to find one, and that's what's really interesting is, you know, I've been able to find tablets um, of other things like uh, the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. Um, I've got a copy of, um, I've got the Bhagavad Gita, I've got Gospel of Thomas, I've got all kinds of cool things and so to not be able to find a complete text of something um was just kind of shocking i'm like wait why uh why can't i find this so um here is i am going to read a bit from the babylonian uh legends of creation uh, no excuse me the babylonian version of the ep epic of gilgamesh um i'm just going to read a bit of this just to give you guys an idea of kind of um, how this is laid out. This is one that's been translated um, that has a lot of different information in it, and I'll try to skip to the story here uh, because even in these translations, most of them are done. Um, they're done by scholars at different colleges and stuff like that, like Yale has a big library. Um, so what I'm getting at is this is some high-level stuff. This is not stuff you just like go to the bookstore and grab a convenient copy right next to your Holy Bible and learn about. This is um, some deeper stuff. It, it takes, well, a pretty pretty insane person like myself to, to go, yeah, let me look for that and read that. Let me read about these alien gods um, in these tablets that uh, date back like, I can't remember if it's 7,000 or 10,000 years. I'm going to look at some of the Wikipedia stuff on it here in a minute. But um, it's just wild that we like even have this type of data still. You guys know I like data. Um, people get aggravated that I don't cite my sources all the time. Guys, I read a million different things a day. I'm trying to put together a bigger picture, not teach a college course on one element here. So if you want someone to cite sources and stuff, great. But that ain't this channel, um, nor am I saying I'm right on everything, nor am I saying I'm correct, nor am I saying I know anything. So I don't know. Uh, honestly, I've done my job on this channel if I've sparked your interest and if you go out and you research on your own. Um, if you're looking for the answers in these videos, then you're going to be sorely disappointed. Um, and I've got people in the comments that are very scholarly and I love you and I appreciate you. But rather than telling me to cite my sources, 
then I wish you would uh, maybe show up with some good information or some of your own research. Share it as well. Tag me in a video. I'd love to continue um, the conversation. Uh, proving my point here is Carmen says Wikipedia is a bad search engine in college. We couldn't use it because anyone can change anything. Yep, exactly. And so is the internet and TikTok and your live stream podcasts. So if you want um, perfect information, first off, I don't believe it's out there. I don't care if it's in a book. I don't care if it's in a library, if it's in a college, if it's online, if it's uh, from your next door neighbor. I think it is uh, all data and information at some point has had human hands on it. So that's just my personal opinion. So, um, anyway, so, um, Carmen, love and respect my friend, but, uh, just saying uh, Wikipedia is all we got out here. You know, we're, we're on the, the final frontier, the next generation out here of people, um, making content about this. Very few people making content on the Sumerian tablets or the Anunnaki. And if they do, um, they give you kind of the same spit out information or conspiracy theories. Um, and I don't like to approach stuff that way. So I'm going to give you what I'm reading. That's why I like to read from actual texts. I think that's the best thing we can do, at least get a translated text. That doesn't guarantee that all the data is correct or accurate or uh, whatever. I'm not saying that does, but I do think that, you know, from a, um, from my kind of pragmatic research point of view, I try to approach this in a way that's fair and balanced. And I think it's in, um, thank you, Carmen. I appreciate you. I'm using your comment as an example, by the way, I'm not trying to call you out. Uh, but I think it's real. there's a darn train it's been driving me nuts all day. Um, I think it's important to address this because if you, like a lot of people are looking for scholarly content and it's just, if I'm going to make it entertaining, it's hard to be scholarly. Um, if I'm going to be scholarly, it's hard to be entertaining. I'm not saying it can't be done, but I also would be going down a rabbit hole on one thing all day, every day. And, and really, I think my job is, you know, I might spark someone's interest and in lifelong study of the Anunnaki to actually go into foreign lands and study this stuff and really get into the philosophy and the archaeology of it. And that's that's all I want to do here as a mentor, as a, really an entertainer. I am an entertainer of faith, spirituality, and paranormal. So if you think that I'm approaching this in any other way, then you are mistaken because that's not my intent. My intent is to be entertaining and spark debate spark conversation, spark uh, revelations, spark a lifelong search into this stuff. Missy says planting seeds for the body. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, anyway, Carmen, love you, my friend. Thank you very much. Uh, but I did have to use that because I got several comments the other day about that. And, and I'm starting a brand new series. This, is, this will be in its own playlist on the YouTube channel. Um, so if you're looking for it, you can look for the Anunnaki gods tab on there. Um, and I'm just going to keep adding to it. And, um, again, I want to get a hold of the actual texts because I can read Wikipedia all day long. I can theorize, I can talk to myself about it and to you guys. Uh, but at the end of the day, I want to know what, what does the data say? What does the actual text say? And then we can talk or debate around the text. We do that with the Bible all the time. We do that with the Gita, we do that with, um, you know, all kinds of different ancient texts, including the Gnostic texts, 
And so I think that's where the beauty comes in to researching this stuff and looking into it um, is like, let's get it out of uh, the, the private libraries or the, um, the halls and colleges, which I'm, I'm all about, but I want to make this accessible to the common denominator out there too. Uh, the guy driving a truck across the country, delivering goods for people to uh, the healthcare worker that goes in every day and gets to listen to my podcast in the car on the way back and forth, um, to the school teacher, to, uh, the laborer, to again, every day, uh, good, hardworking people. That's, that's the whole point is, um, for me to make this information accessible where you don't have to be, um, some, you know, life devoted to this one study type person. So, I hope that translates well, and I hope you guys get that. So, anyway, Anunnaki um, comes from the word Anu, um, and so what's interesting about Anu is it's the Sumerian god of the sky, or An A N. Uh, so it's A N or A N U or A N U M. It was originally A N, uh, the des- divine personification of the sky king of gods and ancestor of many deities in the ancient Mesopotamian religion. Um, God, my allergies today, y'all. He was regarded as a source of both divine and human kinship. Um, He opens um, the enumerations of deities, blah, blah, blah. So what's interesting is what I'm getting at today with this is your mind is about to be blown in this series. And this is going to open the door for me to interpret and reinterpret a lot of the biblical canon that we get into, a lot of the Gnostic stuff. And I'm sorry, guys, scratching my nose on. But it feels like a chinchilla crawled up my nose today and is just scratching around. So, hello, Randy. How are you, my friend? Oh, welcome. Uh, I love it when you get to watch live. Krista, thanks for being here live. Um, let's see. I'm super curious. Elizabeth said about the, uh, about their chosen people. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. So even with the Anunnaki, like you see factions and, and kind of like, uh, sides being formed and, and what I wanted to liken this whole epic tale mythology to is, um, it's like an, a galactic family feud episode, like, um, you've got Inky, you've got Enlil, you've got Anu, um, you've got the rest of the pantheon that kind of, uh, trickles down from them. Um, and so it's, uh, Anu, Enlil, Inky, uh, Ninhurashag, Nana, Utu, uh, which is U-T-U, and then, uh, Inanna, which is I-N-A-N-N-A, I-N-A. N-N-A. See, this stuff is hard to say anyway. Um, and then to just get into it and actually understand it is a whole nother level. And that's really what I want to try to do with this. Because what is going to blow your mind is the fact that these tablets and these uh, writings and these stories are from way, way, way back. Um, and what we are exploring in this is is very pre-biblical uh, type things going on. And remember, like even within the biblical canon, all of these places are playing out. We have Samaria, uh, we have Babylon, we have, um, uh, like literally the cradle of civilization type places that these are coming out of Cana, 
the Canaanites. Um, all of these are significant to understanding this. Now, it is easy when we kind of start going through this to go, uh, great question, Saul. I'm going to answer that in just a second. It is easy when we're going through this to go, oh, yeah, that's the good side and that's the bad side. What we have to remind ourselves is this is a whole family. This is a battle going on for humanity. Um, and that very possibly, very possibly with an open mind, our understanding of what the gods or God or any type of maker deity on this planet is, by all intents and purposes, a celestial race of um, higher ascended beings with much greater technology, consciousness, and even genetic um, alterations or upgrades or whatever where they can really wield the higher dimensional existence uh, over us, that we are stuck in a 3D matrix. They fully live in a 5D or higher matrix. So um, again, just my opinion on all of this. So um, Saul asks, is Yahweh inky? Um, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. That is that is one point of this study as we go through this. Um, great question, Revolver. I'll answer that in a second too. Um, but I want to figure out who are these ancient gods because like all the other gods that we have that we've talked about in different pantheons, they all kind of boil down to, at least from a mythological standpoint, boil down to this celestial family that came to earth, found what was here, found the creation or the evolution that was here and started altering it and then created what is called Eden. And in fact, in the Sumerian mythology, it's E-D-I-N, Eden. Uh, and then in the Bible, we have Eden. And the Bible came much later. And even that mythology, as it would have been told in Bible times, would have been much later than the original creation myth of the Anunnaki from the Sumerian writings. So uh, this is wild, guys. It's, it's really wild. Um, and that's another good question. Janice asks, what's the point? You know, are they just watching us? That's what I would love to know. Like, what is the point? Like, why are we here? Were we just made to be their worker bees, basically, and give more power to their kingdom? Who is Jesus in all of this? Who is Buddha in all of this? Who is Krishna in all of this? Um, where do we get all of this stuff? And, you know, you boil it all back down to, like, this original celestial family that came and started doing genetic manipulations and alterations on humanity. And then you have things like the book of Enoch and you understand the watchers doing the same thing. And then you go, well, wait, the watchers are these sons of God. What we would call demigods or gods even are these higher ascended beings that are in their own, their own war, their own battle, their own, whatever. Um, and we are collateral, whatever of that. So really interesting. Um, and in fact, um, I really, really like Billy Carson. Uh, he's done a lot on the Gaia channel. Um, his channel is for the number four bid in knowledge. Um, Billy Carson, Dr. Billy Carson is his name. It's fantastic. Um, and he's doing an episode today. I've been planning on doing this. And one of his episodes was kind of a Q&A on the Anunnaki. If you want to learn a lot more, someone that's very scholarly about it, in my opinion, Go check him out. Um, I'm not affiliated with him. I just really like the guy. Um, and he sparked my thought on, you know, what what's my angle on this? What can I learn here? 
Um, if you guys think that I come at you all the time because Cub is so smart or enlightened, you are mistaken because I'm literally learning publicly. I get to do this full time and learn publicly, so which is really, uh, really cool. So um, let's see. Um, da, 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 da. Okay, well, lots and lots of comments. God bless you guys. I love you all. Thank you for that. Um, let's see. Open your chakras. Someone says, absolutely. Somebody said, uh, Casey said, Zachariah Sitchin. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Zachariah Sitchin is fantastic. Um, he's got a ton of books on this and I've read clips of those books. I'm going to start listening to them and actually do every book on audio and really try to understand what he was saying and what his research was. I just feel like this is the next kind of part of the picture that we're trying to put together here. I've had a lot of inspirations and downloads and revelations on this stuff. And then I find out that somebody, you know, years and years ago had their own downloads and thoughts on this. And it's just weird that there's other, like I'm having these revelations and there's other people out there having them too. And I'm like, okay, there's something to this. I got to keep going down the rabbit hole. Uh, Janice says, how do I get to do this full time? Janice is from good people like you. Um, we've got our supporter community, our mythos community. We've got a ton of you guys in here today. We've got Melissa. Uh, we've got Annie. We've got, uh, Missy. We've got, uh, who else did we have? Um, we've got a lot of people, a bunch more up here. Uh, KL. Yeah, we've got lots of mythos members in here today. Uh, mythos is nine bucks a month. Uh, we have a live call every Saturday. Talk about this type of thing. Talk about spiritual ascension and just take care of the community and just go deeper together and love each other. Um, and then I've got a course now that I just launched called charisma light warrior Academy. It's all about going down the rabbit hole and empowering yourself to make the world a better place and be a spiritual practitioner, whether you want to do it privately and personally, or you want to do it publicly and professionally. Um, I equip you in that course with everything I've got and, I've already filmed hours and hours and hours. Like, uh, I think we've over 50, 60 videos in there already. And it just launched like three days ago. So, um, we've already had a ton of people joining. Thank you for that. Um, uh, if you join charisma, you get mythos for free. You get everything. I have all of my, uh, training products, um, as well as my community products are all included in that. So, that's how I get to do it, Janice. Thank you for your support. I try not to market too much. I do have to market. Otherwise, you're going to see a million commercials on my channel. So I would rather market my own stuff and help people and, and get to do this full time and continue the research and innovate in the space. Um, I had some life-changing stuff happen this last year. In fact, it's been a year ago. And I had been manifesting, praying, hoping that I could be a full-time content creator I had just been approaching it all wrong, trying to help people with the wrong things when I feel like I was being called uh, by a higher power to to have these conversations publicly, to go down the rabbit holes, to entertain in the way that only I can. And uh, when I finally literally lost everything a year ago, I went, okay, now's my time. All right, God, here we go. <laughs> I'm going to do it and you got to show up with the resources and then come to find out, you know, he just poured blessing upon blessing on it. Here I am with you guys. I get to do this full time. I'm very humbled and thankful. I don't for a single day approach this as some sort of, um, 
you know, whatever, like uh, some creators unfortunately do. I'm not your Tony Robbins. I'm not your um, online guru. I'm just a guy who likes to entertain, talk about my weird ideas, make cool artwork for the background, um, and literally do what I love to do. My life's passion ever since I was a kid was to talk about aliens, UFOs, God, Jesus, uh, Mother Earth, portals, chakras. Like ever since I heard anything about mysticism, um, I think it was when I was about 15, I started really getting into all this stuff. Um, and I always got to work in creative industries and like pour myself into that, but I was never like really fulfilled. I always did like lighting design, set design, artwork, stuff like that, which is great, but I didn't get to go there spiritually the way I wanted to. Um, and now I get to do all of that for this and the plans we have for this from building a studio and a network and partnerships with other people. Um, it's going to be incredible. So I don't want to build anything like has already been done. You've got things out there like Gaia Network, which is fantastic. You've got um, other platforms and programs, which are fantastic. But I think I have a very unique spin on like all of this, and I really want to get into it. Cryptids, yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely, Randy. Um, it's funny, my brother, Melissa, thank you for the stars, by the way. God bless you. Um, you guys follow Melissa's lead. The stars help push this out to the algorithm. Thank you. No matter what platform you're on, if you can give stars, hats, mustaches, hearts, whatever you can do, it pushes the pushes the algorithms and helps me so much. So God bless you guys for that. Um, and I get directly benefited with my mission for that. So thank you. Uh, but yeah, Randy, great question. Um, my brother growing up was the one that was into like cryptozoology and like chupacabras and Nessie and all of that stuff. And it was interesting. I always thought at the time, I'm like, you know, oh, he's so goofy, he's so out there. Um, and I thought I was the one that was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to get the best job. I'm going to work in the creative industry. And I was always more religious at the time. And then, you know, it's it's almost opposite now. I don't want to speak on my brother's behalf at all. Uh, but it is interesting that I'm into all of the the weird stuff now. But I see it as a part of a bigger picture, like all God's creation type thing. I just want to understand more of his creation um, and then how, when, and if it was manipulated throughout our histories. So uh, Saul says, I think Inki is Yahweh uh, and Enlil is Elohim. Yeah, or El Elyon, absolutely. Or Theos, as Jesus said in the Greek, um, one wants to destroy humanity and one doesn't. That's exactly what I think, Saul, and um, I want to find out if there's actually connections in the text. I believe there are from everything I've heard from a Garden of Eden construct, which was actually a uh, genetic farm, essentially, to keep breeding humans um, and altering them until they ended up with the race that they wanted, which is all of us, by the way, no matter what race you're actually a part of. It's literally all of humanity, everyone within the 3D construct they took an entity that was here that um and billy carson talks more about this that was like this um upright human larger cranium much bigger brain probably a lot higher consciousness more third eye activity um directly in the image of um you know like a creator more of like an energetic creation that was basically wearing your light being on your sleeve type thing 
uh, that they started manipulating that until they brought the vibration and the genetics down low enough where it would be able to be controlled and, and literally work to um, run the machine of the construct. And that is, in a nutshell, every movie you've ever seen from The Matrix to, um, I mean, even some of the old school cartoons have these these types of themes. So with that said, again, I'm not here saying this is this and that is that, but I want to explore like what, uh, what if any of these characters connect to other characters within other mythologies or uh, sacred texts that we have to try to look at uh, what that really means. So uh let's see stop calling them gods someone says um it was a mistranslation from the word creator yeah alex great point you know i don't really like the term gods i use it for uh clickability i mean that's honestly um i can use other words but they don't get searched and people are searching for anunnaki creator gods um and so that's why i use the word god uh, G-O-D, great old dragon. Um, by the way, the word dragon was used um, in conjunction or either mistranslated or used in conjunction for shining one. Um, and so shining ones would come from the heavens, the star children. Uh, even Anu um, is the sky god. Anunnaki translated um, means ones from the sky. Um, but it also means there's more to it, which is really interesting if I can find it. Um, I've got too many tabs open, just like I do in my brain. Uh, so Anunnaki, God of the Air. Um, and so as we like look into that and we look at like, um, and, and this is to Saul's point here. So um, we have Inky and Enlil. And there's a lot of them on this page. The oldest of the Anunnaki was Enlil. So Enlil, later known as Elil, interesting El, Elil, El Elyon, uh, is an ancient Mesopotamian god associated with wind, air, earth, and storms. Uh, he first attested as the chief deity of the Sumerian pantheon, but he was later worshipped by the Akkadians, Babylonians, Assyrians, and Hurrians. Um, now, here's what's interesting about that. Because I have, as I've been learning this, understood that Inky um, is Yahweh and Enlil is like El, is the father, the Theos that Jesus talks about. He's like the, uh, the actual physical or 5D or 12D or whatever you want to call it manifestation of the source, the Brahman, the, uh, the source code energy that runs through all of us, which is inherently god experiencing all of us at once all the time everything in creation so randy says the dragon uh is satan in revelation yes absolutely and randy too and I, i'll share this with you randy um in revelation the description for the beast that comes up um is literally the exact literally the exact as the description of yahweh in the old testament and that's just another context clue. And Randy, I'd be happy to share with you my PDF. I've got a PDF that shows dozens and dozens. Joshua has like three, three. I think he said 600 last time. 600 verses that connect to each other that essentially prove that Yahweh is the Satan, the beast that is talked about, and that Jesus is the light 
he's the enlightened one bringing light to the world or what you guys would commonly refer to as Lucifer. Um, and I'm, I'm going to do a whole video on Jesus and Lucifer. I used to think they were brothers and now I'm starting to understand that I believe that Jesus is actually the entity that we consider Lucifer and it was twisted. And, and the only place where we actually understand Lucifer is, um, that we get the idea that Lucifer is bad was actually a bunch of, uh, sermons, um, from the Roman Catholic church way back in the day. Uh, tying him to the devil and Satan when it's not actually tied to the devil and Satan. And in fact, um, it talks about that, you know, how far you have fallen, son of the morning. Um, you, you said, I will make myself like uh, the most high, higher than the angels, higher than the mountains, blah, blah, blah. You have failed to set your people free. Um, and now a sword will pierce your side and even the grave will not contain you. Like who else did that happen to? And by the way, the crucifixion, the beatings, everything that Jesus took was the same punishment as Yahweh put on anyone that was practicing sorcery. What is sorcery? It's connection to source. It's wielding the connection to source. So this is hard stuff, guys. I didn't plan on talking about the Lucifer thing today. But this is like a part of all of this. And I will do a whole episode on Lucifer with this. I'm not here saying it is. I'm just saying you need to reread it. Like you really do. Like something's changed in the timeline. You're at a point now where you might be able to reread that and go, wait a minute, pastor says Lucifer, but there's no reason Lucifer's bad. He's actually bringing light against God. But it depends on what God you're talking about. There's a ton of different gods in the Bible. And there's literally millions throughout history. And we got to understand they're all manifestations of source, but they're all twisted within different frequencies, just like we are, right? Like, so where, where's the root? Where's the fruit? That's what I got to understand. Um, and I think that's why this is a great, great study to go through together. So appreciate hearing your perspective, Genesis. Thank you very much, my friend. God bless you. Um, and I just have to share that. What's up, B Sunshine? How are you doing? I have to share that because um, it's like, it's mind-blowing. And, and literally, the Jesus-Lucifer connection is life-changing if you understand that Jesus never corroborated God of the Old Testament. He literally used the, those old laws, those old religious laws, flipped them on end and said, here's how I fulfill that. So if, if that's your deal, then I've taken care of that. And then here's the truth. Like, and that's what he, he really was doing the whole time. Um, he even talked about no man has seen the father. Well, Moses stood in front of the father. Like they knew. And then he literally says, um, you know, you do the deeds of your father because you worship Satan. But I do the deeds of my father. And the day is coming and is now that you will worship him in spirit and in truth. And so like we have to understand like that the gods that were coming down with these old prophets and stuff and it's nothing against your tradition your faith your old prophets anything i love you i respect you but even as someone who has been a part of those traditions very very deeply i got into the roots traditions i got into uh the more fundamental type stuff uh thinking like i gotta find the way i gotta find the way and i find out that the way is one the truth is one love is the key that vibration, like loving others, serving others, ascension of humanity, the entire, everything throughout history is looking for 
especially within the spiritual traditions, is looking for ascension codes. And Jesus came, Buddha came, Krishna came, gave us the ascension codes, um, and we got all these other beings from the stars that are trying to manipulate us. Not all of them are trying to manipulate us. As we see here, it's literally a family feud over humanity. Um, uh, CB asks, am, am I Gnostic? Yeah, I'm very Gnostic um, in my beliefs. Um, that's just me personally. Uh, not all of Gnostic stuff, too. I, I really don't identify with anything purely because I kind of hold different beliefs in a lot of different corners. Because, again, I'm trying to build a bigger picture with a deeper understanding rather than a deeper understanding of one thing and a smaller picture. I think open mind, open heart takes me into better places, more fruit, more joy, uh, just to go, hey, I don't know, there's a lot of cool mysteries to figure out and I get to be a part of it. So, uh, LaRue, what is up, how are you doing? Um, uh, near says, same, yes, absolutely. Um, always questioning, Janice says, yes, awesome, thanks. Uh, what versus star of the morning, a sword will pierce your side? I think I've got it saved over here on my pages. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about the Lucifer thing because, you know, you guys know I don't hold back. I literally was like, I'm going to do that this week. And then I'm like, no, I'll do that. And I'll collab with somebody on that. And I was like, no, uh, I won't bring that out yet. But here it is. So just wait for this. This will open up. Okay, here's both verses. Big, big verses. And then you guys can go through, watch my Yalda Bayoth videos. I'm going to redo the Yalda Bayoth series in the form of this series because we're going to kind of look at a bit of the Gnosticism, a bit of the Demiurge, a bit of Yalda Bayoth, like around this tradition and understand that serpents too in spiritual tradition are interchangeable for shining ones. Um, the shining ones are the ones from heaven, the enlightened ones. Um, but they can also be potentially bad entities like maybe possibly the god of this world type thing that we hear about within the biblical canon so um the other thing just before i read this verse i want you guys to know how i approach spirituality how i approach my faith and this is not to mean that you have to this is just how i do um Let's see, Jonathan, great question. I'm going to read these verses and then you make the, you make the decision. Um, I believe so that they are the same entity, but um, I'm going to read the verses for you. You can make your own decision. Um, I'm not here to tell anyone how to believe, but and that plays into my point. I, I approach all of this, A, with an I don't know mentality, but a B, I don't have to know. I don't need truth written on a page to tell me what's truth. Uh, what the authentic reality is. I don't need it. And by the way, how do I define truth? Truth is love. Anything done out of fear, anger, uh, whatever, self-interest is not truth. Anything done out of love, uh, peace, and just a, a deep knowing that God is within you um, and that you can love others. And by the way, I did not have that understanding until after 2020. It took me going through that. I got very, very ill. Uh, thought I was going to die from the beer virus. Um, and then I something with that changed my perspective on everything. I kind of woke up into this brand new understanding. It was like a literal transformation. Before all of that, even before 2020, I told 
God, source, creator. I'll give all of this up. I just want to know the authentic reality. I want to know who you really are. I want to know what all of this really is. And I don't care what tradition or faith or whatever it's found in. I just need to know. It's important for me to understand it or at least start to scratch the surface of understanding who you authentically are, who I've been praying to my whole life, who's been rescuing me out of every crappy situation I've ever put myself in or that others have put me in, uh, who has forgiven me and loved me through every dumb decision, uh, every self-loathing thought. It was very important for me to find that. And that's where this comes out of. It's not that I think I know better than anyone. I just am willing to look under the rock that other people aren't willing to look under. Um, so with that said, uh, Jonathan says that's another approach uh, I've heard from Morgan. Um, I don't know who Morgan is. Um, but uh, if you guys know people you want me to collab with, by the way, um, like connect us, like connect us on a chat, uh, messenger, connect us, uh, like tag me in their videos and them in my videos, whatever you can do, get us to be aware of each other. Cause, um, I spend a lot of time making content and not as much as I could consuming it. So, uh, David says, how does Muhammad, uh, in the cave with Michael fit into your view? Really good question. And I would love to bring someone that understands Muhammad, um, I have read some of uh, those sacred texts, not near enough. I, it's on my list. Um, and I love the way that like Jesus is interpreted in the Quran. I think it's beautiful. I think it really reflects his um, more Buddha-like path. Um, so I think that's really interesting. Um, but And I'll talk more about that. And again, I would love, if you guys know creators that are like if you know Muslim creators that are that are making great content and loving their communities and you think we would get on, great. If you know Buddhist creators, um, I've already collaborated with several Buddhist creators. If you know Hindu creators, if you know, um, you know, Gnostic, if you know whatever, like just please connect us. I want to collab more with people. I like to expand my idea about things. So um, I'm going to read this verse and then I'm going to sign off because I got date night tonight. So. Um, let's see, Dale Allen Hoffman. I don't know him, Janice. Uh, somebody says, yes, D Dale is awesome. Um, I will check him out. Um, Red Shoes says, just now joining, what is the image behind you? I've seen it before in a fire. Okay, so this is called, um, this is a Hindu flying machine or an Anunnaki flying machine. This guy actually kind of has more of an Eastern vibe to him, but um, it's just some AI artwork I make. This is what um, the prophets of old saw and really depicted on lots of different clay tablets, cave walls, all over the world. Um, these these gods with wings sitting on a chair or a flying machine. And we have to remember when, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago when they, they drew these drawings, they weren't saying that this was like an angel with wings. They were saying this person is the bird or the, the feathered serpent of the air. Again, serpent being one that is, that is illuminated from within with light. He's saying they're flying or they or she or whoever wrote it are saying they're flying. So, um, okay, thank you, Jonathan. Jonathan says, I sent you one of his videos. Thank you very much. Yeah, you guys connect that way too. So, um, Please, please, thank you very much for that because um, that's the only way we can grow this. I can deepen my understanding and bring value to you guys. More collaborations. So. 
All right, you guys ready for the Jesus and Lucifer thing? Like, if you want to have a normal, relaxing evening, click off this video now. If you want to challenge yourself and wrestle with this in the shower in the morning and go, oh, what does that mean? Then keep listening because this will blow your mind. And I can't believe more people aren't talking about it. Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14, 12 says, How you have fallen from heaven, shining one, son of the dawn. Remember that word shining one and serpent can all kind of go together. And I've talked about the serpent in Garden of Eden being an archetype for Christ as well. Um, so how you have fallen from heaven, shining one, son of the dawn. You are cut down to the ground who laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mountain of assembly in the far north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the depths of the pit. Those who see you will stare at you. They will ponder you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth to tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world like a wilderness and overthrew its cities and didn't release his prisoners to their home? All the kings of the nations sleep in glory, everyone in his own house. But you have cast away from your tomb. You are cast away from your tomb like an abominable branch clothed with the slain who are thrust through with the sword, who go down to the stones of the pit like a dead body trodden underfoot. You will not join them in burial because you have destroyed your land. You have killed your people. The offspring of evildoers will be named forever. Okay, why is this important? In Isaiah, Isaiah is like channeling these, these judgments and prophecies from Yahweh. We have to remember that. So, again, I'm not, I'm not against anyone's tradition or faith here. This is just, think about it. Like, we got to ask ourselves, what's the actual narrative going on? And so this talks about the one fallen from heaven, the shining one, son of the dawn, Again, we understand shining one and serpents being very, very similar. And I've talked about how Garden of Eden, now especially that we're getting into the Sumerian tablets, it's really, really questioning my, like, wait a minute, Eden, 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 and then the Anunnaki, we see their genetic manipulation that they create Adam, which means first man, and then in Genesis we have Adam, which means first man. Why do we have... a tablet series and stories that are tens of thousands of years old and i'll find out the exact dates on these two but um, you guys can go look it up and it just this is mind-blowing and this this requires our questioning we should question our own faith we should question our understanding we should reread things and try to dig deeper and don't just buy what's on the shelf given to us so um and randy great great point because satan, tra satan transforms into an angel of light I've got another verse in here, and I'll share with the class later, um, where it talks about Yahweh is cloaked in light and that he can take it on and off. Like it literally says that he can take it on and off and that he dwells in darkness, but he can clothe himself in light. So, And then we have like the verse in the New Testament that talks about even Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Like that literally makes perfect sense now if the judgment of Yahweh is coming on Jesus and that Lucifer is being judged by Yahweh. Um, and we got to remember, there's not a name Lucifer. This is more of an, a title that is given because of uh, Son of the Dawn. 
when you look at that in the Latin, it's Lucifer. So that's like, that's where we get that. And then you got a sermon uh, coming out of, I think it was the Roman Catholic Church, you know, uh, way back in the ages where it was like, you know, Lucifer was kind of a title uh, and, and then it was given as the name. So uh, we just have to think about it, like just think about it logically and go, you know, where does that actually come from? It requires a lot of a lot of wrestling with our own understanding here. So um, but, you know, Jesus, uh, I will ascend into heaven like that connects to Jesus too. he ascended into heaven. Um, he was cast away from his tomb. Uh, remember, he talked about him being the branch. Remember, like the cornerstone that the builders rejected, like all of those things tie together, like context clues. We have to take context clues clothed with the slain. He was literally crucified there with criminals, with other slain. Um, you are thrust through with the sword, you know, and then that word sword there, depending on which translation, it's sword or spear or dagger, uh, depending on what translation you look look at. And we know Jesus was with the spear. So um, you go down to the stones of the pit. Sheol, he, we know that he descended first before he ascended. Um we also know that they were looking for someone to literally set prisoners free, set captives free, to overthrow Rome. Um, and he, you know, this is like a judgment saying, oh, you didn't do that. Uh, so you guys see where I'm going here? Like context clues. Really, really look at this. Now I'm going to read John 8, 11 through 23, which will blow your mind again in how closely it ties to this. And you'll go, wait a minute. By the way, the man who made the earth tremble, what happened when he was crucified? The earth shook. The earth trembled. There was a major earthquake. The veil was torn between man and God again. Um, like deep, deep stuff, guys. This goes so much deeper than you've been told. I believe so. That's what I'm here to just open that can of worms and have that conversation. So uh, Janice says, right, a massive earthquake. Absolutely. So John 8, 11 through 23. Wait, here you go, guys. Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go your way from now on, sin no more. Again, therefore, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Hmm, the light. There's the light. There's the light word again that he uses. There's the shining one, the son of dawn. Lucifer means light bearer. Um, like, it's all there. It's all there, guys. It's so It's so obvious if, you, if you're willing to, to read it and suspend your disbelief from the construct that we've been sold. Um, and if you were to just pick all of this up as a mythology and try to understand it, you might actually come to this conclusion. But because you go into a system of programming, uh, because I grew up in church, I grew up in the evangelical West Texas, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's wild. So um, I, I understand this is hard to stomach, but but just, just think on it, pray on it. Um, even if you're, um, have a sick of the stomach reaction to this episode, just walk with me on it for a minute. Uh, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And then he follows, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, you testify about yourself. Your testimony is not valid. Um, and that's really interesting too, because the accusation against this Lucifer character from Yahweh is that he's testifying about himself. You said, I will do this. You said, I will do that. Like, 
Uh, and then Jesus says, even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true for I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you don't know where you uh, came from, but you don't know where I came from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. By the way, God, uh, God in the Old Testament, Yahweh was the God of flesh. Um, uh, and then it says, even if I do judge, my judgment is true for I am not alone. But I am of the Father who sent me. Again, we don't, for all intents and purposes, know who his Father is. Um, and that is probably one of the most interesting things here. Uh, the theory that he's talking about a divine celestial Father um, in spirit and in truth is the one that I really buy into because it's, it's more of that monad in Gnosticism, the Brahman in the Hindu the source in Buddhism or the universe in um, New Ageism. And, and I, for me, that's who I really think he was talking about. Um, but he talks about, you know, I'm going to the Father. Uh, even if I do judge, my judgment is true. I'm not alone. Uh, I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law. The testimony of two people is valid. He's basically saying, well, so if my Father says it and I say it, say it it's valid. So, boom. Um, and then he goes on and says, I am one who testifies about myself and the father who sent me testifies about me. They said, therefore to him, where is your father? Jesus answered, uh, you know, neither me nor my father. If you knew, um, if you knew me, you would know my father. Also, Jesus spoke these words in the treasury as he taught in the temple, yet no one arrested him. Because this hour had not yet come. Jesus said, therefore, again to them, I am going away and you will seek me uh, and you will die in your sins. Where I go, you cannot come. The Jews therefore said, will he kill himself? Because he says, where I am going, you cannot come. He said to them, I am from, uh, he said, I am from above. You are from below. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I said, therefore, to you uh, that you will die in your sins unless you believe that I am he who sent you. And I'm going to go ahead and continue in John 8, 11, because it cut off and didn't paste all in there because one of my points is continuing. There's Bible Gateway. Sorry, live podcast, y'all. Okay, full chapter. Um... 30, okay, verse, moving along to John 8, 25. Uh, they said, therefore, to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, uh, just what I have been saying to you from the beginning, I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you. However, who sent me is true, and the things which I heard from him, these I say to the world. They didn't understand that he spoke to them about the Father. Jesus therefore said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing of myself but the Father who has taught me. I say these things. He who sent me is with me. The Father hasn't left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he spoke these things, many believed him. Jesus said, Therefore, uh, to those Jews who had believed him, If you remain in my word, then you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. He was referencing Psalms. Now, if we actually go and read Psalms, 
Psalms is hard because a lot of times it's talking about Yahweh and he kind of uses some of that stuff and flips the coin in my understanding. So uh, they answered him, we are Abraham's offspring and have never been in bondage to anyone. How do you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most certainly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a bondservant of sin. A bondservant doesn't live in the house forever. A son remains forever. If therefore the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's offspring, yet you seek to kill me because my words have no place in you. I say these things which I have seen with my father, and you do also the things which you have seen with your father. So he's separating them right there saying, we are not talking about the same thing. They answered him, our father is Abraham. Jesus said to them, if Abraham's children... He said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham didn't do this. You do the works of your father. They said to him, you, uh, we are not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, God. Therefore, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came out, uh, for I came out and have come from God. For I haven't come of myself, but he who sent me. Why don't you understand my speech? Because you can't hear my words. You are of your father, the devil. And you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and doesn't stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks on his own, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you don't believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? If I tell you the truth, then why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God for this cause you don't hear because you are not of God. Okay, this is interesting. So what I'm getting at here and just my theory on this, who was a murderer from the beginning? Like look, look at the flood, like look at the millions of people and all the sacrifices and all the animals and just all of the atrocious things. How many people say like, oh, I just, you know, I would, I would go to church, but I just can't. I can't serve a God that would do all of that. And I think my answer to that is, well, I think we've all been deceived a bit. And I think that we need to reread our spiritual texts, not just the Bible, but the Bhagavad Gita. We need to read the Quran. We need to read um, the Buddhist texts. We need to read the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. We need to read the Sumerian Tablets and try to get a whole new understanding uh, I'm near. Thank you so much. Everything. Absolutely. Everything. We've got to read it all, guys. Like, even read things that people channel from the Akashic Records. Look at uh, Dolores Cannon. Look at, I mean, we all, all of this says the same thing, by the way. It just takes a complete mind shift to go, wait a minute. Deconstruction doesn't even begin to talk about what I have to do to really understand all of this. And that's the thing. We all have a decision from this day forward. Are we in it for spiritual enlightenment or are we in it for religious comfort? And I think that that's the biggest question we all have to ask ourselves right now. So those are the verses. Go reference them yourself. Read Isaiah 14, 12 through 20, John 8, 11 through 35. Um, the connections are there and, and you kind of have to understand the connections too. Like, even so many times when Jesus talks and it says, oh, this is referenced in the Old Testament, you got to look at it and look at it as him flipping the coin rather than like giving a thumbs up to it. Like it's a whole different understanding and it starts to become really, really clear. And the day I found all of this out, the day that I asked, 
is this Yahweh character the father Jesus is talking about? And I finally told myself and agreed that I don't think it is. I think I need to reread this. I got physically ill. I got sick in the shower and thought I was going to throw up. And I just had to pray like, Father, I just need your truth, your light. I've not always been in it, but I want to be in it now. I want to know. Who is Jesus? Who is this this father he speaks of? Is that who I've been praying to? I believe it is. This I've been praying my whole life and had this presence in me. I mean, it's just in me. And I'm starting to go, wait a minute, that's what Jesus was talking about. Not this thing outside of ourselves that, you know, visited people and terrified them on a mountain back in the day. Uh, Look at how many times when God came to people in any text and they were terrified and on their face. Not that, you know, well, if the Father is loving and pure light and and the kingdom is within you, then what's the, it just didn't add up. It just didn't add up. So source consciousness, absolutely, man. Um, Let's see, program to believe the only text is written like that. Yeah, absolutely. Bible talks of multiple gods of the people. Yahweh was Israel's God. Absolutely. And why? And, and I talked a lot about that. Like he took Israel as his portion, Isis, Ra, and El, like literally the divine trinity. Unfortunately, the Roman church flipped the trinity to be an all an all male caste, which is not, uh, does not serve anyone spiritually, nor is it what it actually was in the origin of it. It was father, mother, child. Um, we are the child when we unite the father and the mother within the alchemy of divine feminine, divine masculine we actually tap into source and become the child of source and an extension of source rather than, uh, and so the, the Holy Spirit that people talk about, the Holy Spirit is supposed to be a comforter, that mothering spirit, the wisdom. Uh, we hear about that being planted in the moon, in the book of Enoch. So uh, Jesus said, if you've seen uh, me, you've seen the Father. Absolutely, Randy, absolutely. So I think that we got to listen to what he says, or at least I do. I mean, I'm, I'm not here to tell you what, you have to do, but I think, you know, for me, I want to listen to like, what are the words of Jesus, not other people's opinions about him or the issues around him. I I, I consider him a yogi of the highest degree, a, a guru, the ascended master, the fullness of God on earth. And I believe he came to enlighten all. And I think that um, he had a ton of Buddhist teachings. He had a ton of Hindu teachings. He had a ton of um, what we would consider new age today teachings, um, and they didn't treat him very nicely for him. So, uh, but, but really look at that, look at Isaiah 14 and, and look at it in the context of everything it's saying about this shining one, the son of the dawn is easily, easily applicable to Jesus himself. And why haven't we seen it? I don't know. I don't know why I haven't seen it. Well, because I didn't really care to look for it. I just wanted to be right righteous saved going to heaven and live a good life that i felt good about but when you're willing to get outside that comfort zone and all that matters to you is love then you start to go i'm willing to be uncomfortable and i'm willing to deconstruct and i'm willing to look on the other side of the rock so that i can find a deeper peace a deeper understanding and actually try to help people in the world rather than just sit on my own throne and hope that as soon as I'm unalived, I go to, you know, this kingdom of heaven rather than the kingdom is what I'm making it now, right now. And what if we are reincarnated like every tradition says, other than just a handful of them, um, then I definitely want to make some fertile ground for me to come back into. So 
Um, anyway, I love you guys. I hope you have a beautiful evening. Check out my website, www.cubkuker.com. It will forward you to Stan Store, S-T-A-N dot S-T-O-R-E slash Cubcooker. That's the only URLs. If you're in my Stan Store, then you can go, um, you can join the Mythos group if you just want to be a part of the community and support me at nine bucks a month. If you want to get in as an early adopter of the Charisma Light Warrior training platform, it's a whole academy. Go check it out. Um, we've already got a ton of people that have signed up for it in the reviews already. I literally had people message me in the first like hour they were on the platform like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Thank you. Like this is exactly what I needed. Like just a daily, a daily challenge, a daily lesson, a daily thing to go through um, so that we can get better. We can help others and, and really continue our spiritual work because it is spiritual work. There is no one and done thing. There's no, just believe this and you're okay. That's what the construct will tell you because if you just believe that you won't question anything else. And if you question everything and you actually think for yourself, you find that spiritual work on self is the middle path. It is the narrow path that no one wants to do. Think about it. So I love you guys. Y'all have a beautiful day. Thank you for your support from the bottom of my heart. If you join into Mythos, I will see you there. I'll personally welcome you. If you join into Charisma, you don't have to join Mythos as well. You get Mythos for free with Charisma. Um, and Charisma is only 30 bucks a month right now. So before it goes up, it's going to double in price uh, once I get kind of the first base of people in there. So if you want in, locked in at the lower price, please grab it now. I love you guys over on the website. Everything's linked in my profile, by the way. So if you're curious on where to go, just hit my profile. Thank you guys for the hearts. Thank you, Janice. God bless you for being here. Quadfather, thanks for joining. I just now saw you, man. Uh, thank you, Missouri girl. Thank you, uh, Azir Williams for being here. Um, thank you, Esther. What's up, Esther? God bless you, my friend. Have a wonderful evening. David, thanks for being here. Uh, Randy, thanks for being here, my friend. I love you guys. Seriously, I enjoy the conversation. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Y'all have a beautiful day. Um, and Mythos, I'll see you guys tomorrow on the live call, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. If you're in Mythos, we got on a Zoom-type call on the Facebook group. So, I will see you guys there. I love you guys. Have a beautiful night. Peace.